Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 25. Also, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. I'm going to read both portions of Scripture and take a text here until we feel like uh, God has laid this on my heart. And He's laid it on my heart for the past two weeks, it seems like. So it's been really, really heavy here lately. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 23 through 25, says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Song of Solomon says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines are heavy, tender grapes. In the Amplified Version, it says this, Catch the foxes. Catch the foxes for us. And I'm sure everybody's heard that line. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Before we go into a word of prayer, I want to talk to you on this subject. Silent and deadly. Silent and deadly. Father, we lift you up. We magnify you in this place once more. And we come with an expectation of your word to be presented to us today. But I ask that your anointing would fall in this room right now. Fall upon me. Help me to do the best that I can do. To, to preach, teach, whatever you want me to do, God, I, I want you to speak through me in this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray you may be seated. When uh, I read this book called The Divine Mentor by Brother Wayne Cordero, Cordero the pastor out of Hawaii, Honolulu, came across this uh, passage he began to speak on these uh, sequoia trees. And it says this, One fine summer in a grove of towering sequoias in a place that would become known as California, a tiny seedling poked up through the soil, drawing energy from the sunlight through the towering structures the infant tree lifted up its miniature arms to the light and the warmth that had awakened it. Years and years went on. It had seen many, many things take place. It had seen London Company establish the Jamestown settlement. It had seen the colonists grow year after year. It had been through many terrible times. And it had also been through many good days. It had seen wars and famine come and go. It had seen the Revolutionary War. It had seen the War of 1812. It had seen the Spanish-American War. It had seen the Cold War, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, all the way to the Twin Towers falling down in 9-11. 
And one day, the tree falls down in a thunderous crash. It was the first of Yoshimide's magnificent sequoias to fall many years, and the Forest Service authorized an investigation. What mysterious force could have slain this giant? What would cause such a majestic tree to fall in this way? It had overcome many obstacles. It seen windstorms. It seen fires and floods and lightning strikes. There was no evidence of the damage that it, that it had taken from those obstacles. There was no evidence of animal or insect damage. As park rangers and forestry experts examined the damp downed mammoth of a tree, they came to a startling conclusion of what brought the giant down. Foot traffic. Foot traffic. In an interview with one of the rangers that explained that foot traffic around the base of the tree over the years had damaged the root system and contributed to the collapse and added that the park officials had instituted a policy of fencing some of the oldest, largest, most historically significant trees to keep the public from trampling on the giant's root system. This sequoia was able to survive elements. It was able to survive war. It was able to survive famine. But no one was ever aware that it could survive someone's just stamping on the root system of this huge, enormous tree. A tree that had grown up 311 feet. They say this tree, that the diameter, that diameter of the base of this tree was 40 feet. The bark on the tree that was able to be fire resistant was 31 inches thick. A huge tree. And all it took, Brother Rich, was somebody coming and just stepping on the roots. The roots provide the anchor needed to keep a plant in place. And more importantly, roots are the lifeline of the plant, taking up air, water, nutrients from the soil, moving them up into the leaves where they can interact with sunlight and produce sugars and flavors and energy for the plant. You know, I remember speaking about a root system and a plant. My wife had an aloe vera plant for many many years. I, I, I can remember having that thing since the day we were married. That's how old it was. And, and Sister Johnson, you know the amazing thing out about an aloe vera plant is it, it doesn't take much water for it to survive. And um, I noticed that it would produce pods after a while and she would take those pods and she would make a new plant. We had this plant for a long time. But then we had a little boy named Bowen. 
And Bowen loved to play in the soil of that pot. And this thing, this aloe vera plant got huge. It was probably one of the biggest that I had ever seen. And uh, come to know, Bowen, just, he just couldn't stay out of the pot. Matter of fact, let's just put it like this. The pot wasn't protected from Bowen. And he just got in there and started tampering with the, with the root system. And she just, she had to, it died. It turned brown and just withered away because of someone tampering with the root system. It, it, won't, it won't survive. It can't survive over time. What's true for the sequoia is also true for me and you. We have a delicate root system. And unless we find a way to protect and nourish those roots, we too are going to fall. It may be in one great physical, emotional, moral collapse. It may be little by little. Through the months and the years, Gradually weakening our lives. Gradually eroding our character. And killing the essence of what God wants us to be. We better protect our root system. And if we're ever, and in, this, in our life and in this church, if we're ever going to see God's kingdom come, we better take care and protect the root system in this church. We better protect the root system in our lives. Because you see on the outdoors of this church of what's taking place. And in any given opportunity, there's something there that's picking at your roots. That's trying to Tamper with it. We've got to protect our root system because the one way the devil knows how he can cause us to wither and die is to find a way for us to be uprooted. We've got to safeguard our root system, safeguard them, don't allow the devil to come in and trample on our roots. Pick at our roots. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring, roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for any chance. He's looking for any opportunity to try to cause us to be uprooted. Little by little. You notice the devil's tactics. And one thing a lot of people would ask Brother Billy Cole, he said, are you scared of the devil? He said, absolutely not, I'm not scared of the devil. He said, you've got to know how the devil works. You've got to know how he operates. And once you understand how he operates, he's scared of you. But the devil doesn't just want you to collapse suddenly. He wants you to collapse little by little. 
piece by piece. So, how do we take care and protect our root system? In Colossians chapter 2, I'm going to read Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. The word says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established or established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You notice that Paul uses that rooted, but not only rooted, you need to build yourself. What must be due to be rooted and built up in him? Establish yourself in the faith. But how do we establish ourselves in the faith? And Paul gives it right here. He said, we must continue in the things we have been taught. We must know what we believe. I remember in my life growing up, there was a time that I was raised in this. I was raised in apostolic Pentecostal doctrine. And there was a time in my life where uh, my faith, uh, doctrinal-wise, was challenged. And it was challenged by those that were closest to me. It began to question what we believe in this day and time. And I began to research. I began to go back into the Word of God and research for myself to reassure, to reaffirm what I already knew. You see, we don't need to run to somebody else when we have questions on doctrine. We need to run to the Word of God. Because there's going to be answers that need to be fulfilled that people cannot answer. It's going to be God that answers it. And we've got to have God to answer our, our questions on doctrine. Because I don't know about you, I want to make sure that I get to heaven. I want to make sure that I'm there when he looks down at me and he says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And so doctrine is the most important thing in our life, I would believe, as far as basing our faith in something. It's always good to reaffirm what you believe in this day and time. Because in this world, there's all kinds of doctrines that's going around. There's all kinds of teachings about this and about that. And there's all kinds of people taking a scripture here or a scripture there and basing their belief system. I don't know about, we, got, we can't just take part of the word. We have to take all of the word. We got to take all of it. There's, some, there's, there's a doctrine out there that wants to just make it seem like that you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. Well, if you just say this prayer, 
you'll make it to heaven. Say this prayer and, and then whatever sin from here on out, you're good. I didn't find that in the Word of God. I didn't find it. Uh, I reaffirmed and reassured one God. One God. Even, even Sister Tina, even when I looked through the Old Testament and, and I went through and, and one God all over the place in the, in the Old Testament, all over the place, in the New Testament as well. But there's one scripture that came to me when I began to restudy and reaffirm this in my life, and it was Colossians 2 and 9. It says, For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In his body, he's all-powerful. He has all principality. I reaffirmed baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. I reaffirmed the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues multiple times in the book of Acts. And it distinctly says that when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, that they began to speak with other tongues. There's no other way. Why is it so important for us to know what we believe for us to get reaffirmed in God's Word. Because the Bible says in Galatians, But through we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I believe this was written by Paul to forewarn us to be alert, to be prepared, to not listen to those, whether they be man or angel. That if they come and preach any other gospel, you don't listen to them. This is why it's important to know the Word of God. Because it has been recorded that people have claimed that they have seen angels to bring a gospel to them, and it did not line up with this. If it don't line up with this, you need to throw it in the trash. So there is an angel that's out there looking and trying everything he can to pluck out the seed in your life. He's trying to pluck out what has been taught in you. He's trying to pluck out the doctrine that has been seeded in you. So that he may cause some confusion in your life and make you become uproot from the church. Uproot from the word of God. He's looking for a way to get that doctrine out of you. Because he knows it's the truth. He's looking for a way to get that faith out of you. Because he's scared as long as you have that in you. He's scared of you. And we have to get, we have to get it from the Word of God. We can't get it anywhere else. We can't get it from our pastor. We can't get it from some televangelist. We 
need to open up and find out why we must be, why we must repent, why we must get baptized in the name of Jesus, why we must receive the Holy Ghost, why we need to get away from sin, why we need to love one another. We have got to stop depending on somebody else to tell us how to live, and we need to allow to open up our ears so that God can show us how to live in this world. We must not base our doctrine of Christ upon human philosophy. We must base our faith on the Word of God. It's the Word in Colossians 3 and 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Satan isn't the only one we have to worry about that's going to cause us to uproot from doctrine, from our faith, from our church. Why must we be careful of man's teaching? Why must we safeguard ourselves from the, from the vain and empty deceit philosophy? Because it will cause us to be uproot from the word. It will cause us to be confused. That's why the word is so important, because it will direct us in the path that, it, that, it, that, that we need to go into. So we need to lean on the word, not just on any man's doctrine, not just what any man says. I need the word. If the pastor gets up here and he begins to preach or he preaches a message and, and, and I'm not sure about it, I need to go to the word and find out for myself. But let me tell you this also. Just because you read the word don't mean you won't have questions about it. So you need some other voices in your life to make sure that it lines up with what it's saying. You better be careful who you, who you put in your life. You better be careful the voices that you get in your life because it could be those voices that cause you to get out, get out of church. It could be those voices that make you lose your Holy Ghost. Come on, we live in a day and time where it seems like the spirit of the Antichrist is running rampant. We're living in a day and time where it seems like spirit of error is going crazy. We're living in a day and time where there's deception and there's lying all over this world. And I'm going to tell you, you need to pray. You better pray to get that stuff out of your life. You better, I pray every morning, God, don't let me be deceived in this world. Don't let this world deceive me, God. Please open up my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Open my heart so I may know what the Spirit is speaking to me. Does anybody want God to speak to them? Don't conform to the world. If we, when we have repented and been baptized and received the Holy Ghost, that is not the end of your Christian journey, that's merely the beginning. You have made these decisions to become 
as the Bible says, a new creature. It is not the end of your journey. It's the beginning of your journey. Listen to me. Even on, I want people on Facebook to even listen to me what I'm saying right here. So choosing this journey doesn't mean you will automatically become sinless. But it does mean that you will have the power to overcome a sinful lifestyle. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The word says, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I know a lot of people take this message and say, you better watch out who you marry. But this is not just concerning people that you hook up with. And you date. These are people that, that, it, that could be just your friend. You better, you better be careful who you yoke up with. And you know, Jesus says this. Lay your burdens down and yoke up with me. Learn of me. He uses this description to talk about ox, how they would yoke up with one another. And, the, and, and they would how they would train ox back in the, in the late, older years. I, my mind just went blank there. But they would hook a younger ox up to an older ox. And, man, that, that young ox would come out just squalling and snotting and kicking. But the older ox had, had a lot of years of training, real muscular could stand its ground even when something else beside it was just going absolutely crazy. And that's, that's the way we need to be with Jesus. God, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what direction I need to take, but don't worry about it. I've got this. Come on, we're going to plow this field. Come on, we got some things we need to do over here. Come on, let me show you over here. We got to yoke up with God, not with people that are unequally yoked. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of God, as God hath said, I will dwell in you, walk in them, and... I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and, and will be your father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And because we have these promises, let us also, let us also our, uh, cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If we're ever going to get to a place where we can get deeply rooted into the church, deeply rooted into, into doctrine, we've got to get away from sins of the spirit 
and sins of the flesh. I remember going to the Philippines. Here's another good uh, thought here on how we can make sure that we're that our that our roots are growing down deep. I remember being with Brother Martinez before he passed away, and he walked up to his church. You know, I was about to preach, and he started talking, and he says, "We need to be fat." And I looked around. I was like, "What?" I was the only one that had the weird-looking face because I, I had no idea what he's talking about. We said, "We need to be fat." I was like. In America, you call somebody fat, you might get sucker punched. But then he says we need to be faithful, we need to be available, and we need to be teachable. I was like, hey, we need to be fat. (laughs) Faithful. We got to be faithful to the house of God to our wives, to our, to our kids, to our husband. We've got to be faithful, faithful to God, faithful to the Word of God, faithful in our prayer time. Faithfulness will help you to grow roots. Be available. I like this. Jesus inquired Peter, James, and John in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Come with me. Let us pray. You know what hour this was. This was the hour right before Jesus had been sold. But he found himself the only one praying. And three times he went up to him. What are you doing? Why aren't you praying? Be alert. Watch. Notice what he says the third time. He says, watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is truly ready but the flesh is weak. Brother Stan Gleason was preaching on prayer one time. I caught it on YouTube. And he, and he was talking about how one of his friends that had fallen away, had a huge church, had a family, you know, had children, and his friend lost it all. Lost his church, lost his family, lost his wife, his marriage went down the drain. And Brother Stan said, Brother, what, what in the world happened? You had all kinds, you, you had your world right in your hands. You had your church, you had this, you had that. He said, I'll tell you what happened. It's one thing. He said, I stopped praying. We can never get to the place where we stop praying. Because I'm going to tell you, the one good way to get yourself uprooted is for you to stop praying. we got to continue to pray. Pray without ceasing. Don't ever stop praying. I don't feel like praying. Pray. Well, I'm not feeling the Holy Ghost. Pray. Well, I I just, you know, pray. Pray. Be teachable. I found this verse in Ecclesiastes. It says, It is better to be a poor 
teachable boy than to be an old, foolish king who thinks he knows it all. I'd rather be a poor boy that is able to be teachable. I want to be teachable, Brother Johnson. I want my ears to be open continually to the to the ministers that are seasoned here so that they can speak to something to me. And I won't be hard-hearted to where I think I know it all. Because I'm going to tell you, but one good way to get yourself uprooted is to think you know it all. Thinking of this words, silent and deadly. The words, it refers to something that has no warning signs and yet can be very harmful. It is the things we can't see, or maybe we ignore the minor warning signs, warning signs that ends up being fa- fatal in our lives. Put it like this. There's probably people in here, and even in my family, that if they did not ignore the warning signs, the minor warning signs, if they did not ignore or if they had caught the disease earlier, they might still be living today. Don't ignore the warning signs in our life that we're headed, that that something's messing with our roots. Something's going on. It's amazing when I did a study on these sequoia trees, how these sequoia trees lived in the wild. How do the sequoia trees live? Well, the, like I mentioned earlier, the bark being 31 inches thick. It was, they, they said these, this bark is basically fireproof. And it's able to attain the fire when they have wildfires over in California. And what, what got me was not just the fire to become fireproof, but it was something that was Amazing that it happened against windstorms. Interestingly, the redwood trees that, the sequoia trees that it would, its root system would intertwine with another root system. Come here, Brother Charles. The trees grow very close together and dependent upon each of each other's nutrients. And, and they would come together and they would lock the root system. And so beneath this surface of this humongous tall trees, uh, the roots became an army. So so what would take place, that what would take place is the root system would lock. Now, if you get us two together, you can't move us. We're not going anywhere. But if you get us apart, I didn't mean to push you that hard. <laughs> stay up here, stay up here. Sometimes I don't know my own strength. Amen. Okay. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, 
And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, abound, make you that you shall not, that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For it is, for if ye do these things, ye shall not fall. What is the root system all about? Come here, Brother Rich. Come here, Brother Rich. Put that, pull that scripture back up. Second Peter, verse one, five through ten. You get into a place like this in this church. You have to come, and you've got you've got to get into any church, whether it be this one or whatever. But you've got to get into the root system if you're able to get what you want, what God wants you to be, what you've been called to be. If you want to get closer to God, you have got to become part of the root system and so you link up you link up you link up besides this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue this is where you move from virtue from faith to virtue this is where you move from virtue to knowledge next the knowledge to temperance from temperance to patience from patience and we're going to skip all the way to charity. This is where you go, from brotherly love to charity, all the way. Now, never did it say that you wouldn't ever get tired. Never would it say that you wouldn't ever get lazy. But everyone, you're still hooked up to the root system. You're not going to fall. You're not going to fall. You need a good root system to help you to move from glory to glory. You need a good root system. And something also that I got from Brother Guy. Come here, Brother Crawley. The wind may come. The devil may come. Y'all link up arms. In a circle. Get in a circle. I know y'all are close. I'm sorry. But if you have a root system that's linked up and the devil comes across, he can't, he can't move the church. He can't get into where the pastor may be. He can't get into where the saints may be because the church root system is blocking his way. Oh, hallelujah. Can we just stand right now? We're gonna, I'm going to end with this. I want to end with this. we got to be a part of the root system. If you don't mind, this is what I want you to do. If you feel, if you feel okay to do this, I want you to link up with somebody next to you. We're going to pray for over. We're going to pray. If you're on Facebook, you can hear me on Facebook. I want you to type rooted. Rooted. 
Link up. We're going to pray for our neighbor. We need to be rooted in this day and time. We got to be rooted in the church. We got to be rooted in the Word of God. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We praise you and uplift you. We need you in this place. We need to be rooted. We need to be grounded, Lord. Help us to be rooted in this church. Help us to make our mind up what we need to do in this life. Help us to come against the spirit of the Antichrist. Help us to come against the spirit of error. Help us to come against deception and what the devil may, how he may try to throw lies upon us. But help us to take on the armor of God and the shield of faith in this day, God. I prophesy that this church is going to grow. I prophesy that the root system of this church is going to go deeper and further than it's ever gone before. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that people are going to grow in this place. They're going to get stronger in this place. They're going to get wiser in this place. Can we just worship Him? In... Hallelujah, Jesus. Just lift your hands up and give God some praise. Tell God, I'm going to be rooted, Lord. Help me to grow deeper, Lord. Water me, Lord. Give me some sunshine, Lord. Give me some word in my life, Lord. Give me an elder. Give me a voice in my life, Lord. I need some direction today, God. I need my roots to grow deep, and I need to be intertwined with my brothers and sisters that I may never fall out, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand praise, can we? Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. We magnify you. Praise God. I was thinking there a few minutes ago, Brother Pastor Mark taught Sunday about listening. Um, Brother Chris preached about the bones. And then Brother Blaine brought us in together tonight about linking up and letting our roots kind of intertwine and become strong. We need each other, folks. We need each other. I read something today that, that was, it astounded me. It was very simple, but it still astounded me. And, and this is what it said. You can't change the people that are around you. But you can change the people that are around you. Very simple, but my goodness, it does matter who you link up with. It does matter who you intertwine your root system with. Uh, listen to the pastor, listen to the teaching of the Word of God, read the Word. Read the Word. If you're not reading the Word, read it. You know, it, only it takes about 72 to 76 hours to read through the Bible. That's it. According to how fast you read, 72 to 76 hours to read through the Bible. Very, it, it just, it takes time. You just have to give it some time. Let's give the Lord another hand praise now. He's good, isn't he? He is great, and he is greatly to be praised.
Remember, pastor of the night, remember, I'm sorry, uh, Sister um, Catherine, I forgot about your grand, uh, passing of your grandmother earlier. I apologize for that. We wanted to pray for your family tonight. Remember, pastor, the next day or so, he'll be back on the road coming back home. Uh, pray, for, pray for each other. We really need to lift each other up and pray for our country. Would you lift your hands, magnify the Lord when we close tonight? Lord, we are so thankful for the word of God that we have heard tonight. We ask you to let it find a lodging place in our hearts. Let it become part of our lives today, Jesus. Let us obey, hear, and be doers of the word tonight, God. We ask you, Lord, to touch those that aren't able to be here tonight. Keep your hand upon pastor on the road tonight, oh God. Touch every heart, every mind, every soul that's in this building, those that are listening tonight online, those that will hear at a later date. Let the glory of the Lord overshadow. Move upon those. Move on Sister Catherine's family tonight in their loss, God. We just ask you to bless our country, bless our city. Let revival fire burn. Let revival fires burn. Let revival fires burn. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. I want to see you Sunday. Come expecting a great move of the Holy Ghost.